Alexis is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never right. been anybody as right. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed. And England win on penalties. History in itself. You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yeah. Yes, he's back. No money's in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the motorway. Hello and welcome to episode 181 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, today joined by Alex Jones and Tom Kennett and Jack Harper later if he decides to join us, but <laughs> food was apparently more important at this stage, so we know where we lie. You advised him not to eat as well. Well, some things are like, more important, Alex. You no, know, no, I was talking about like, in terms of, without giving away spoilers, you were pre-warners about not eating because we might... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, we got some news in the week and then we'll be on to that. So <laughs> it, t- it, it, it ties in with last week's news of the week and a lot of news of the weeks we've done prior, but I've just got a bit more meat around the bone this time, shall we say. Anyway, news of the week. Well, actually, first of all, how's everyone doing? Nice sunny Monday. Is it too hot yet, Luke? I'm waiting for that. It's coming. It was it was toasty in my kitchen while I was working today, and but it actually, the fan in my room felt like a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. So it did actually help me get through the day. Thirty degrees on Wednesday. Let's see if you keep that energy. Oh, then Jesus, you're <laughs> joking me? Are you serious? No. Yeah, yeah. What on earth? That's a nice. That's a nice. Just seen, been ex- apparently, it's thirty-one on Thursday. <laughs> that is a nice temperature that nice yeah temperature. everyone else has been happy to see it back Luke so well, I'd, I'd forked out um, at last month on like a proper good fan you know mine's on like 24-7 so I essentially had them for about a year run them into the ground and then get a new <laughs> one anyway I'd forked out on this new one really good I was well pleased with it and then I did have it on this like uh, like armchair that was in my room. My mum was like, it's taking up a lot of room in your room. So why don't we put it on this stool? And so it was literally on like a stool. Oh, no. Anyway, you know where this is going. I've gone to stand up. I'm not the most nimble-footed as it is. <laughs> as people who played against me at five a sideboard know. <laughs> I've booted this fan over. And then it just started making this... Uh, noise like the entire inside of it was being like shredded apart anyway that was all she wrote i had to buy a new fan after that so that's money down the drain yeah i thought one of them where 
I thought I'll leave it a bit of time and then hope for the best. And no, I turned it back on after, and it just seemed to sound worse every time. <laughs> so there we go. News of the week. Well, starting off with a cracker here. Man smuggling cocaine and artificial penis caught at Brussels airport. <laughs> say, 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 say that again for me. I didn't quite catch that. Man <laughs> smuggling cocaine and artificial penis caught at Brussels airport. Ah, uh, right. I thought I heard man snuggling artificial penis. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very different headline. <laughs> Just spooning uh, this artificial penis. <laughs> <to look>. <laughs> <laughs> um, thousands signed petition to rename Columbus, Ohio to Flavortown after native son Guy Fieri. I like it. Flavor Flavor Flavor. Quite, quite a cool name. Uh, yeah. Driver cheats death after 10-foot plank of wood flies off van and smashes windscreen. So that was like final destination business. That really is. Sheesh. Have you ever had that where you've had what you may exaggerate as a near-death experience and thought about Final Destination straight after? Pretty much any time something like that happens, yeah. that's the go-to. That would be, uh, thinking of that, I've been having a lot of those things. You know, uh, there's videos that did rounds on Twitter where it basically entices you to watch it and then something gets launched at the camera yeah. to get you to jump. <laughs> I mean, a lot of them recently, I've been jumping out of my skin. Yeah, every time. I mean, Alex has sat by me at the cinema where I've been jumpy. I think the the newest Blair Witch was bad, but I think it was me, Alex, and his brother, maybe, unless it was just me yeah. and Alex. And we watched that um, Don't Breathe, I think it was called. The mm-hmm. one yeah. where the guy, the, the, they break into his house and he's blind, but he can hear everything or whatever. Yeah. That was one of the jumpiest things I ever watched. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was off my seat more than I was on it. So that was one of, but I remember I nearly walked out in front of the car once and Sean of all people did stop me doing so. Saved you. I thought wow. that could be my final destination moment. He's not decisive. Not. He's not decisive all the time, but no, <laughs> he was on that occasion. I would say, yeah, sorry boys. And sorry to everyone else. It was steak <laughs> night and it was a terrible, terrible, terrible time by the missus. So, Steak. That. Steak, yeah. something that can be cooked fairly quickly so it was just left to the last minute it, well we, we got back at five and she put it on and it just took an hour for some reason well, we, used to have Rory, <laughs> we used to have Rory rushing away for a spatchcock on a Monday that is something that is taking time to prepare <laughs> to be fair not so much. she did do mashed potatoes so that's where the kind of timing element went about the window <laughs> how do you like your steak Jack? how do you like your steak? um <laughs> Between rare and medium rare, that is just like stick oh. it on the pan for about a couple of minutes okay. and then you, that's it. Get it back out. If you said well done, I'd be leaving the I'd be <laughs> the episode there. You can leave now no. if you want, because that's how I have my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. Not really, yeah, always, Alex. A lovely bit of mayo alongside would go down lovely. Uh, yeah. Byron, <laughs> a well a well done steak with mayo. Yeah, Byron has that's, a steak in a bun, doesn't that's he? That's criminal. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> well, Jack, we're just talking about near-death experiences. If uh, if you've ever thought about Final Destination after something like that's happened, 
I would say oh. I would say that I've got something to contribute in terms of final destination, but most of my near death experiences have been entirely my fault. So it's not like a, not, it's not like we're not comparing just, falling off your bike we, to um, being nearly been hit by a car either. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think the nearest to death that I've been, I was I just passed my test and I was driving on the motorway. And there was this lorry, Downton's Delivers. I'm calling, I'm coming for you guys. <laughs> they're, they're a Gloucester company as well, so bastards. <laughs> um, basically, a lorry just completely just cut me up. Didn't even look, just pulled into the slow lane. Um, and it was one of those lorries that the back end sticks out. And literally, the back end of it, my, my bumper was under there, under the back of it. If I hadn't have braked when I did, the whole back end would have gone straight through the windshield and probably killed me. Christ. So I, that's probably the closest I've happened. And then I was just like shook up to the point of I just lost all sense, yeah. really. So that's what happened with the, the story was that someone had like in Final Destination where um, I think in Final Destination it's like some metal rods, but this guy had a, a 10 foot plank of wood fly off a van and go through his windscreen. Shit. I've seen I've seen the um, video back when we had a spell of snow and it was why um, why it's illegal to uh, drive without properly properly wiping off the top of your car and it was the footage of the basically a car driving on the motorway with a car in front of it with a pile of snow on the roof and then all of a sudden a whoosh of air pushes off the snow and it's a pile of ice underneath and this ice slate just comes flying through the air and you th- you're thinking it's not actually going to hit the car. You think that he's like slowed down or judged it enough that it, he's gonna it's gonna land in front of him or behind him, but no, it just hits the front of the car, bang on. Yeah, I've seen that video. Jesus. Yeah, literally, it is mental. Well, I always do take... the, check the car now after after it snows. On the very few occasions it does snow now. To switch tone slightly, um, the next headline: Kim Jong Un's princess Kim Jong Un's princess sister is turning into the Terminator. <laughs> got no further context other than <laughs> I like the idea that he's just kind of taken the god kind of complex to a whole new level he's just turned her into a cyborg but you have no say in the matter you are being turned into a robot it, it's not like plural either it's as if like his princess okay it could just be his sister yeah I was reading that as if it was the queen and I was being really spun out but we'll carry on we, we mentioned it a while back our with, queen <laughs> no. <laughs> we mentioned it a while back with that zoo that was uh, opened up in the riots. Do you know this is still going? In uh, downtown San Francisco, a mountain lion was captured on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I because uh, I saw I saw one of the like uh, like one of the people has like all lives matter in their bio that kind of thing, saying. Um, <laughs> Oh, and I guess these people who hate the police will be thanking them now they've got this lion off the streets, as if that's what they're employed to do, and as if the police <laughs> would be the ones that would be called to deal with the mountain lion. <laughs> I think they'll probably take offence to the fact that they didn't find a mountain lion scary enough to shoot. <laughs> yeah, they shoot unarmed black people all the time. I think that's probably what they take offence at. The thing is, like it, when you when you compare, like, did it, do any of you watch Planet Earth? Yeah, no. Planet, Earth. Planet Earth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there was like uh, the I think it was the most recent series they did. The final episode touched on like uh, nature's interaction with modern day cities, and it was like it was one. I think it was sort of uh, it was either Sri Lanka or possibly even India. But it's not uncommon for like wild cats, like leopards, to just be 
coming into the city in the evenings or during the day and just trying to steal wild, like livestock. I mean, like, I, I look at that situation. It's like we're, we it's, we got it a bit dull over here. I mean, imagine <laughs> and you just oh yeah, sorry, a bit late to work this morning. It was just a leopard, you know, was roaming around on the street. It's just, you know, it's a bit dull over here. Be a lot yeah, more acceptable, wouldn't it, if Jack had said he was late to the pod because he was fighting a tiger or something. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> a liger. <laughs> Wait for this next headline then. So, alcoholic monkey kills one, leaves 250 injured in search for booze. <laughs> what well, are the monkeys? Humans. <laughs> how did they establish as an alcoholic? He <laughs> was just that desperate drink. for a beer. <laughs> um, new Ford Bronco will debut on July 9th, and yes, that is OJ Simpson's birthday. Wow, throwback! Is he going to be on the adverts? Maybe <laughs> be quite a quite a good marketing ploy if they did. But... Yeah, man, it... Sue. Sorry, it's funny talking about oj simpson if you uh, it was like a statistic that came out in america that all like all americans alive today well that were alive during these events remember where they were when these three things happened and like you get obviously you get the big ones you get like the J, uh, jfk assassination and 9-11 but one the one of the top ones if not like in the top three was oj simpson's drive away on the drive around <laughs> on the highway everybody remembers where they were when that happened <laughs> Well, the the next one. So, man sues his date for one hundred and thirty thousand pounds, claiming he caught cold sores from kissing her. It's an expensive you, cold sore. You're gonna say, "Are you getting thirty grand for that?" <laughs> he didn't say one, but that's that's what he sued for. <laughs> that's what he's aiming for. That's the kind um, of thing like you hear in America, isn't it? Like they they sue for everything over there. But to hear <laughs> hear the currency in pounds, I'm thinking, wow, this is serious now. <laughs> A uh, woman in China made £589,800 uh, by buying insurance on flights she predicted would get delayed. <laughs> That's taking a tipster to a whole new level. <laughs> That's, That's sensational. And well. And finally... I, I, I mean, sorry. did she have a feeling they were going to get delayed or did she just make <laughs> them delayed? She was just causing havoc at these airports. It's like a Jim Carrey lie lie style where he's just riding the <laughs> stairs down the runway. Um, and finally, eBay sellers sent live cockroaches and a bloody pig mask to intimidate those that left negative feedback. <laughs> Maybe we'll start that with the pod. <laughs> gives us the we don't get negative right. feedback on this pod ever. <laughs> <laughs> now, I did mention a feature earlier, something that ties into what we've had the last couple of weeks. So I happened to find a Reddit thread, which tied in perfectly. And it was in quotation marks. Doctors, what's the best excuse you've heard for someone having something stuck in their ass? (laughs) (laughs) So some of these are quite something. And the last one was enough to put you off eating for a while. Well, not eating, just put you off anything for a while. They're going to make you cross your legs, so you've got that to look forward to. But anyway, if you... Well, these are all, like, quotes on in the comments. There were, like, 7,000 comments on there, so this is obviously quite a common occurrence. And I do my due diligence, so I uh, look through. Had a guy with a screwdriver up there, handle first. He was honest, said the wife wanted to try something new. Why the screwdriver, I asked. 
something shaped like a dick would have been gay. <laughs> I, I like the fact that he's thought well, I'm going to be a real bloke about this and I'll get my, I'll get my tools out my toolkit and this is what's going to happen so many these are horrendous uh, my mum was a nurse and always remembered the guy whose wife was out of town so he was cooking naked and fell on a potato <laughs> and the potato was went up yeah. after- Potatoes were a common theme down this list, and I don't but, know why. I mean, like <laughs> if if it's a potato, that and it's hard enough to do that, then that's quite early on in the cooking process. So, <laughs> like, like, the falling, we... the falling, like everyone, everyone's ass is just ready to just swallow <laughs> this up. Is something else? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking? Are we talking new potatoes? Are we talking? <laughs> Well, like, I think it actually was. I think in the comments they clarified it as a sweet potato. If that makes a difference <laughs> to anyone, in fact, that's actually bigger. They're <laughs> a bit more point. They could be a bit more pointy, so you could maybe. <laughs> oh, Alex is getting ideas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, these kind of get worse as you go down. So <laughs> we've talked about final destination, and now we've spoken about these with potatoes. Yeah. They're going to be scared to cook anything in the kitchen ever again. <laughs> so, uh, a guy told me he was constipated, so he stuck the broom handle up there to break up the poop. I almost believed him. It was half of a broom handle cut off and wrapped in electrical tape all the way inside his ass. <laughs> Don't know how like, I'm going to phrase this in the title, like, by the way. At that, that point, would you just not think, well, it's a bit too far now? I can't get that out. <laughs> oh, you like, think this the whole way down here. But... Unless, it, unless it's like people that just think, you know what? This is going to be really funny when I go to the hospital and Honestly, everyone sees it. I think them. most of these are funny until the last two, which I kind of felt like I had to see them, so you're going to have to too. <laughs> um, what have we got next? Okay. I'm a nurse, a male as well. Guy came to the hospital with a cue ball stuck in his rectum. Said him and his wife were having sex and this happened. He made no excuses and showed no shame. The ER doc was unable to remove it with forceps and he had to get anesthesia to have a minor surgical procedure to get it out. My job was basically to go through a pre-surgical checklist and send him on his way. When I'm done, he shouts excitedly, all right, let's get this ball rolling. And that was the last <laughs> I saw of him. That's brilliant. How does he still have the sort of wherewithal to be crushing jokes at that point? <laughs> well, someone in the comments said, he's been sat there this whole time, like, this is too good to waste it. <laughs> <laughs> My ex is an ER nurse. One night, she sent me a pic of her computer of what she was working on. 16-year-old male brought in by his mother. She had a sausage up his ass and lost it. Imagine the embarrassment of telling his mum, hey, mum, I lost a sausage in my ass. Can you take me to the ER? That's not I... a conversation I'm willing to have with my mum. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> no, think you can have it. comment said, I'm willing I... to die for this. I'd get a taxi. How <laughs> 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 the sausage gonna... maintained its structure? That's what I don't understand. Someone said, "Would would that not come out? It's in a similar shape anyway, so it depends how high up this sausage went." <laughs> I guess the fact yeah. that they've had to get an X-ray to, to determine but, it. So, but, but what <laughs> is it? What if it's plugged it and it gets clogs? You just don't oh, know. Christ. I don't know. Alex seems to have more knowledge about all of these things, yeah. or more of a detailed thought of where his mind's going than I was prepared to go. But anyway. <laughs> Had <laughs> one guy tell me he slipped on a banana peel and landed on the upright vase on the floor. He then proceeded to produce a banana peel just for good measure, as if that would convince me. So you got a vase up there, you said? 
He landed on the upright vase, he said. So I <laughs> can only assume that was up there. <laughs> there was another one which I didn't take down, which perhaps shows how bad all of these are. But they'd uh, sat on a jam jar, rim first, and said, so when they pulled it out, it had gone that far up. It was essentially full of shit when they pulled it out. Oh, man. Is that not one man, one jar? I've just had dinner as well. <laughs> <laughs> Alex did say that, actually, to start the pod. Yeah. Um, do you want to say anything, Alex? No, no, no. That's right. Um, guy came in with a cordless phone up his ass, like we had a couple of weeks back, like one of the old ones from 15 years ago. <laughs> he said that he was in the kitchen bending over, opening the other door, and someone threw it through his open window <laughs> and it just went right no. up. No, he did not say that. <laughs> 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 so, to set the scene here the bloke must be bent over as loose as a goose <laughs> and someone's got the precision and accuracy to presumably like underhand like flick as if like as if you're like pulling a Beyblade here or something playing table <laughs> tennis to flick this mobile phone and it to be a perfect shot and go straight up Someone's had the trajectory and the power to get it yeah. right into his wrist. And they said that they, they threw it through an open window like it was a randomer on the streets who just <laughs> happened to see this situation and thought, this is too good. Not to. <laughs> you know what? I don't want my phone anymore. Let's throw it this guy's <laughs> All right, that's, I think, where the last stop because these next two are, yeah, they're a lot, so... <laughs> Trying to reduce prolapsed hemorrhoids he developed after a long, arduous poop, Dr. Tim. Of course, I wondered how a vegetable peeler was the most available object to be had in the bathroom. The vegetable peeler became stuck, as these things tend to do. However, this was the kind with slits in the plastic and his formerly prolapsed hemorrhoid tissue protruded into the slits, making it impossible to remove. Oh my also God. cutting off the blood supply, which made them necrotic by the time we went to the OR. What kills me is that his next move to try remove this object from his anus was to try to cut it out with scissors. <gasps> it was horrible. A jagged piece of plastic wedged in, blood everywhere, horrific and indeed quite memorable. Again, it's one of those where if that is 100% true... You want to kind of suffer in silence because it's not like you can go, love, can you come out me with this, please? Well, I it's think like, with that, that's one where he's tried suffering in silence and fixing it himself and then realised he's bit off more than he can chew. It's the equivalent of trying to like shave your moustache or beard and going too far on the one side and then trying to even it out, which is just never going to work. Yeah, And it gets so it. far when you realise I'm in trouble. And yeah. that's... <laughs> A far less version of that's a far worse version, sorry, of that. Yeah, I think I'd agree. Why there was a vegetable peeler in the bathroom? I'm (laughs) I'm stumped at that. Um, Finally, so I kind of don't want to believe this one, but they did post a news article in the comments, so and it the the guy is dead, so I'll be honest, don't laugh. I'm assuming on a similar fashion to the last one. It's no, because more disturbing no. if it's if it's made up, it's actually yeah. more disturbing. <laughs> because this 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 isn't his rectum, so is this, is the death resulted from? Yeah, whatever they say the guy the was off his head on something and was self harming, but this is another level. So, 
back when I was in high school, my buddy's mum was an ER nurse. She had a couple of stories about this kind of thing. One was a guy who managed to shove 30 plus feet of electrical cable up his pee hole. He ruptured his bladder and oh, didn't no. end up making it. Oh, God. That's, Jesus. That's a, a second at that one. <laughs> if the others didn't get you, that one well. Uh. That's, uh, got that Alex. Was great, I was going to say, Alex, that, was that, 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 was a great, that was a great episode, lads. Thanks. I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've still got the Austrian to talk about, which is arguably worse than all of those put together. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, See, don't say I don't do, don't say I don't put my neck on the line for this pod. That's what you call research. Yeah. yeah so I, I'm still reeling from that from that meme going round of the kid with the nail clipper in his tooth. <laughs> stick it in ice cream. Ah, like, no. Like, that, oh, did you see it, Alex? Like, yeah. Last, yeah. Yeah, it's like last night I tried to sleep and all I could see was someone cutting their teeth off with a toenail clipper. The fact oh, I would I, rather see that than one of those pictures of holes. Like I, I can see I can you see got that some teeth problems. thing. I can see that teeth thing and it's like not even a comparison. Like genuinely, it's made my teeth feel numb all day. I feel ill because <laughs> I'm not recovered. And now it's ice worse. cream probably isn't the worst thing. Imagine biting into like a lemonade lolly or something where it's a bit harder. Oh, oh, I can't. Right, I'm stopping now. This is, this is too <laughs> much. We get PTSD from it. <laughs> well, if that didn't traumatise you, the Premier League is back. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal fans didn't have it too great. Um, Liverpool fans didn't have it too, too great, although slightly more acceptable from their point of view, I'm sure. Um, I think anybody watching didn't have a great for that one, though. Or, I don't know if anyone's watching the football. Uh, Colchester Keepers just an absolute stinker. <laughs> Is anyone watching it? No, no. I'm not going on. Is that 1 0 exit? 2 0. 2 0, oh, jeez. Can you remember the FA Cup semi uh, a few years back when Arsenal had Reading, where Reading probably had the best of the game and then extra time Federici had like, yeah, a pretty yeah, tame yeah. shot where he spilled it through his legs? So this one is probably just as tame and it I just it's gone like underneath him like he's tried to stop it dead with his hands and it's just like squirmed underneath him no, probably no. Like, but we don't have that I had this muted because with no fans I'm sure you can probably hear what they've all said to him there yeah <laughs> that, that's kind of stuff like when I watched the injury in, in the Man City game um, when Edison just comes and clears out his own defender, I was kind of thinking, hey, we're going to get to that. I was I'm like, why my order. <laughs> I know, but I was thinking, why didn't I have that on no crowd noise? Because I'd love to have heard the impact <laughs> and everyone's like reaction to it. I was cursing myself. Well, we'll get to that later, but it, the injury did take away from the fact that whichever Arsenal striker it was still missed the target with no defenders or keeper in sight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I've got each game here chronological order. So. I know it's more difficult, particularly people get carried away when we get to Arsenal, I'm sure, but if we speak about Man City versus Arsenal and then we'll get to Brighton versus Arsenal, so you've, you've got a bit of an appetiser and then you've got the big balls <laughs> after. But, yes. but we won't dig into your trifle while you're having your uh, jalapeno it's a, poppers. It's a, it's a mere sorbet to cleanse the palate of what it's going to be. <laughs> An absolute <Exactly>. meltdown. <laughs> so whoever was in charge... For some reason, put Aston Villa and Sheffield as the first game up. <laughs> don't know who whose great decision that was, but that's what we got. 
It was dross, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, so the, the standout moment, Sheffield United looked to have taken the lead shortly before half-time when Villa keeper Orjan Nyland, who looks horrendous, by the way. Mm. I can say that. I've had some bad keepers in, in my time at Arsenal. But he's managed <laughs> to stumble backwards into his own net after catching a corner. Neither goal on technology or VAR intervened, and so the on-field decision of no goal. I didn't have much issue with the referee here because he, you kind of have to trust the technology, don't you? So, yeah, I mean, it's the first time, right? We can kind of pick the bones out of far all we want, but that's the first time that we've seen goal line technology fail. Like, so you just trust yeah. it. And what's kind of the question that's been brought to my mind is how many times have we just trusted it before and just thought, wow, I can't well, be wrong? It's so I got, I've got the statement from Hawkeye and they issued, they said, this was an apology to the Premier League, Sheffield United, and everyone affected by this incident. Like it's <laughs> they're apologising for Corona. It. Yeah. it said in a statement after the game that acknowledged the ball had crossed the line, but said the view of its cameras had been blocked. The seven cameras located in the stands around the goal area were significantly occluded by the goalkeeper, defender, and goalpost. If your camera is bought by the goalpost, it's probably not in the right place. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But that's what the statement read. This level of occlusion has never been seen before in over 9,000 matches. The Hawkeye goal on technology system has been in operation. I think it's Firstly, one of those... I've, I've done myself here because all I can feel now on my teeth is biting into a lemonade lolly. And it's really weirding me out also. So Yeah. I'm I've, I've played myself there. But <laughs> it's, it's so strange. It was Michael Oliver was the ref, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's one who... It's easier to say when it's not your team playing, but I'd probably trust him more than any of the other referees in the league. And yeah. I'd, I'd probably agree. I'd have to agree with that as well, yeah. And so I, I, I could see where he was coming from. Like He was pointing at his watch, wasn't he? <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do here. Well, the thing is, like, if, even if you take Hawkeye out of that like, conversation, but the days prior to Hawkeye, that would never have been given as a goal anyway, because the referee wouldn't have had a clear view of it. Really, the linesman should You're be... You're going to say you'd the liner, though, wouldn't you? So, that's the thing. Like, you can see Nyland actually in the side net and sat in the side net and with yeah. the ball in his hands. And you would have thought the linesman would have picked up on it. But I, I saw guess it at the time. Sorry. Oh, Karen, mate, you go, you well, go. I was going to say, a Twitter, like, I was looking down the timeline when it happened, and people were criticising, saying, I think even some pundits said that the referee is quite clear, so he should be taken over. It's dangerous if the referee then can essentially determine if he trusts the Hawkeye decision or not and make his own mind up. Exactly. Yeah. Like, in your head, you're thinking, this has never been wrong in 9,000 games. I'm not going to rule against the goal line technology because how can you? is the issue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They, they should step in. Well, I don't understand them saying that all their cameras were blocked because within about 30 seconds, we had replays from about six different angles. Exactly. Like, we can see that on our screens and we're all there like, that's a goal. Surely VAR would be able to have the capabilities to pull that back. And again, that's when what... you look at what VAR is used for in some other circumstances. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's just the whole thing is everyone involved. I would have thought as well, footballers and, fo- and goalposts are kind of occupational hazards for Hawkeye. <laughs> Seems yeah. fairly obvious that they're going to be interfering with the camera. You should be able to deal with that. But there you it, go. It would have been interesting if we'd had a contentious point for Sheffield then later in the game because I'm sure everyone involved with the technology side of the game was willing Sheffield on to please win this game now. 
Because at the end of the season, they miss out by something, or if Villa stay up by a point or whatever, that's yeah. not the last you're going to have heard of it. And it'll be brushed away, but it's still not going to be the last you've heard of it. That's it. It can have big ramifications at both ends of the table. I'm, I'm, I was thinking, do you not think this is a little odd? Do you remember there was that thing with Leeds at the, uh, earlier in the year where they basically had to allow them to, there was calls for them to allow them to walk uh, the goal in afterwards? Do you not yeah. think yeah, there yeah. should it seems strange that it was applied to that where what they did was maybe unethical but not wrong compared to say this where it was just outright wrong. I think it's like, allowed to go. if they can't be given that goal then in theory you sh- I don't think they should have to obviously then let them go and score because whoever's making the decision made the decision. But I, I just always find it strange that one particular game and there was all that pressure for them to do it and on this yeah. never happens again. It's weird. I, th- I think the difference there though is that it's a sportsmanship issue more than it is like you've got What's more sportsmanship? I remember like a lad, a lad we all know I'm not sure I don't think you were playing in the game Jack but um, our mate Luke Mann where, I remember we played them before five aside way back in the day and they were the best team in our league and we beat them well happy to do so we got to the end of the game and we saw the referee and he said the score out loud and he marked them down for a win and he corrected the referee which I wouldn't have done I'll be honest with you to say that <laughs> to say that, no, in fact, we we were the ones that had won the game. Mm. And so it wasn't so much of a sportsmanship issue as it was of just having the correct details applied. And so in this case, it's still very much, it's not a sportsmanship issue because it shouldn't come down to the sportsmanship that should be no. affecting the result. Well, that that's that's the point I was making, whereas you look back at the Leeds-Aston Villa game, it was where a player was down and they feigned to put it out for a throw-in. And then they just didn't put out for throwing and the whole game had stopped and they ran through and scored, wasn't it? So it's like, that is a specific sportsmanship issue which they can affect. Whereas if you've just gotten away with one because the rest missed something, like, I wouldn't say that's a sportsmanship. I'd just say you've kind of cheated. Part the of the issue bit. was probably because it was Leeds. Like, if you imagine mm. in the Premier League, oh, yeah, if, if Norwich did it, and then if you imagine United or Liverpool did it, the reaction yeah. is going to be a lot different. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I agree. Because if Villa had done it to Leeds, it probably wouldn't have been frowned upon so much either. People would have just laughed at Leeds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So Everyone I didn't have an Leeds. issue with that at the time. But it, it, this, no, I didn't. We just need some kind of rule. I just don't it's, see how VAR couldn't get involved with that in terms no, of can, whatever excuse they want to make. It's, you're not going to get a more clear instance of like you said, Jack, where you pushed the ball into the net. It was literally yeah. you pushing it behind the post. You won't get yeah. clearer than that. So to continue a political episode, it's, it's, it's like when people refer like word by word to say like a, like a religious text or even something that was written like thousands and thousands of years ago to be exactly the same and interpreted the same then. As this technology comes in, we need to have rules that are initiated for these kind of instances. Yeah. And if there was something there to say look, this, say this happens at half time and we have time to do it, then that's part of the rules and we'll go back and you'll come out for the second half and that goal will be added on. Well, this mm. is the thing. It's like with cricket as well. So every delivery is checked. So if on in a test game when there's hundreds of deliveries a, a day and someone gets out, every delivery is checked. So they'll go back through and say, actually, no, that's not out. So why can't they do that with football? Why can't VAR check every single goal? Which they say that they do. Don't they? they say they check every yeah. yeah, yeah. So Obviously that not. goal sh- shouldn't shouldn't have been any different to one that's just after offside for earlier in the move or 
etc. And like you said, we all got the replays seconds after it happened. Yes. So that it just doesn't really hold water, their argument. I think they're just covering their asses a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Very odd. I mean, next game up you had on that night was Manchester City against Arsenal, and this seems a good time as any. So Wednesday, if uh, people are going to be tuning in again, you'll see another episode pop up on your feed. Movie Madness episode nine, I believe, with big Tony Orlando we had on the show, TK. Charming guy. Speaking about Adam Sandler, that's my boy. And everything kind of surrounds that. So we missed the start of this game as we were speaking to the man himself. Might be the nicest guy I've ever spoken to. Is he really that nice? He really was. He had me doing some acting with him, so you got that to look forward to. (laughs) Amazing. And... For those that have listened to the interview with um, Jonathan Daniel Brown, he kind of gave us a glimpse behind the curtain there when he said that Miles Teller was an asshole. So we kind of have to take that as gospel. So yeah, I always but, kind of suspected it. He has, he's got like an asshole's face. He, he, you can see it. But then yeah. on the other <laughs> hand, we've heard from Tony Orlando that Adam Sandler, I think he said the nicest guy in that profession that you could hope to meet. Yeah. Or something along those lines. So we've that got really, that to go to now. That does bring joy to my heart. Do you know, like, when he say, don't meet your heroes. Yeah, but yeah, we were most really... relieved when he said that. Thank God. <laughs> because you you just watched that, my boy, didn't you? Just before we did the episode. Yeah, just before, because I watched it in preparation for it. And yeah, right at the end, uh, obviously, spoiler alert and all of that, but the wedding scene, <laughs> Tony Orlando, just, he seems like a nice bloke <laughs> then, even though he's been caught out of doing something really bad. We, we did say to him about the fact that everything about his character should be hateable, but he's not. He's, yeah, he's made him lovable. It's really weird. So we're actually going to drop this one on YouTube and Spotify and everything at the same time. So if people prefer seeing it in video format, that'll be that. Or if people prefer it in audio format, then that'll be that. So Wednesday, that to look forward to. But we'll get back to the show here because either Alex didn't want to join in there or he's a Tony Orlando hater, which I hope isn't <laughs> the case. <laughs> Are you, you a want to trip carefully. Are you a Sandler fan? Uh, I don't dislike him. I wouldn't say I'm a fan. I like him. I've seen, uh, to be fair, uh, so obviously I've seen Happy Gilmore. Um, I've seen Bedtime Stories, but there's a lot of his work that I haven't actually seen. That Um, is a weird second (laughs) one. (laughs) Well, it's a kid. You expect like Big Daddy or Wedding Singer. Yeah. (laughs) Bedtime Stories is, is not the second one you go to. That might be a way you're not a fan. <laughs> watched it on the way to, uh, watched it on the way uh, on a plane on holiday. It was one of the, you know, you, when you work your way through all the film choices on a long flight and uh, it was either that or Twilight and I chose that. Ooh. So <laughs> Look at me, I go on long holidays. <laughs> uh, Have you seen Big Daddy? No, I haven't. Wow. Wow. I've not seen some gems, but Big Daddy seems maybe. You said uncut gems. No. All right, maybe avoid this interview because there's a spoiler <laughs> in there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Man City versus Arsenal. I tried delaying it as much as I could, but we yeah, will have to talk about it. So, Raheem Sterling scored the first goal of the Premier League's return to action. Arsenal allowed two men go off injured at this point: Pablo Mari and Granit Xhaka. I didn't see the start of the game obviously it was on actually but I was kind of at a side angle and I saw a message come through saying come on Arsenal I thought have we taken the lead here but 
obviously I then came to heartbreak afterwards. <laughs> People have said that we had a good opening 20 minutes or so. We weren't looking like we were going to be blitzing them off the park, but apparently we, we looked fairly resolute for that brief period of time <laughs> until David Louise came on. So, what's the verdict on David Louise? Well, I mean, at the is, is that accurate? Were uh, we well, looking got, all right until he came on? Well, That's I've the got, consensus uh, I've had. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got a. Uh, it depends whether you want to answer it now, but I've got a uh, listener's question for Luke on David Louise. <laughs> it's not a listener's question. I saw your brother on Saturday, and uh, he was barreling into the camera it, saying, "What do you think of David Louise?" <laughs> it doesn't come from. It doesn't come from Ben Jones. It comes from a. It comes from a listener called uh, Jen Bones. And, uh, and uh, that's and a fake she, name. And she, she, wants to know, she wants to know whether you think David Louise is still the missing piece of your defence, and also whether you will concede that he is the worst signing of the season. He's not the worst signing of the season. We can. Well, get I, I would say, way, say I would agree. I would agree with that. He's cost you. He's cost you. He, you could make an easy argument for a player that has cost you the most points out of it. Like if you were to compare, name another player that's cost that amount of mm. points. Mm. Well, I mean, he's Ref- been on the pitch, which is a good start. Not fattened on Bele, costing you now, sixty million pounds. He now he yeah, but he's not exactly costing us points. Points, there's a difference. There's he's well, now. You could argue he, that he, he could have won you games averages, if he'd been on the he pitch. Averages, he averages, a, you say he plays all the time, you say he plays, and that's the main thing. He averages a red card every 12 games, and Look, he now has think, the most penalties conceded in one pre- top-flight Premier League season out of any Look, player in the Premier you League. Me, you asked me a question, you won't let me answer. Okay, cool. David Luiz. Here's what, here's what he is. I don't think Arsenal signed him under any illusions that he wasn't going to make mistakes. So I guess what you're looking for was... The, the positives to outweigh the negatives, which obviously they haven't at this point. I think he's a good person to have in your dressing room, but obviously you'd rather him be a good person to have on the pitch, which hasn't happened. <laughs> um, what we've seen Arsenal have been taken over by these super agents, which it's come out now that Arsenal paid £24 million pounds for this one season with David Luiz, because you'd assume he's not going to be here next season. Mm. £10 million in agents fees. That same guy, Kia Jurabtune, speaking on the radio about Arsenal have got issues to sort out. He shouldn't really be behind the scenes getting involved in our issues. So that's obviously an issue there. On the pitch, he, to give him credit, the games where we have managed to hold out and get the points, he has been quite beneficial in that, looking at the games that he's been there for. Obviously, the high-profile errors dwarfed them. He, he kind of came in as a direct replacement for Lauren Koscielny. Is that fair? I'd mm. say so, yeah. Yeah. Koscielny was playing less games but was far more reliable, so you've got a switch there. I'm trying to, the, the results we've had, the penalty against Liverpool obviously was horrendous. I'm not sure the result was going to be any different though if that hadn't happened, so mm. that one, I'll give a slight pass for, but Obviously, it still happened. The one, the City one was just strange. I don't know what he's trying to do with the control that's obviously led to it. I don't know what you're taught in Brazil, but if in doubt, kick it out. He's, he's one of the first phrases you learn as a kid in English. <laughs> <laughs> 
and obviously that isn't is hasn't been applied to his case. I keep seeing it be be blamed on a Bra- on a Brazilian thing, but you look at some of the other defenders they've had where they've had some flair to them, but still they've been very much capable of defending as well. You look at your Thiago Silva's, your Lucio's, and you can go further and further back than that. So nothing to do with that. It just seems like at Chelsea, if you have, I'll keep starting a thought and ending it. I said that Gary Cahill should have been a no-brainer for us. Mm. He, he would have been a better addition than David Luiz for just the, exactly the safe safety kind of perspective of it. That's why you hide. That's why you signed David Luiz well, just kind of straight think, defense. Think if, if you think I've gone from one ridiculous thing to another, so I said on Wednesday, look, I can't defend David Luiz anymore. Like it's impossible. There's yeah. no way you can look at that game on Wednesday and make any kind of defense for no. the way he played. This is going to sound ridiculous, but I'll say it anyway. Oh, God. If you were building a defender physically, Mustafi is close to what you would make. He's quick enough on the ball. He's big enough that he can't just be bullied by everyone that he should be in there with. And his kind of fundamentals are there. Obviously, he has the exact same thing as David Luiz, maybe to a more more of an extent where his abilities, Colchester have just equalised. Sheesh. Uh, I don't know the word, but his his mistakes are obviously blown up ten times more than the good that he does. If you have a Gary Cahill next to a Mustafi, like when we had Kashelny next to Murtasaka, which I'm mad to say one of our best, probably our best centre centre back partnership in a while. If you had a Gary Cahill next to a Mustafi, then the mistakes are going to dwind, are going to be far less because he's not going to allow them to be put in a situation for that to happen. When Arsenal went on the run, when Arteta first took over, and more of a run of not losing than a run of picking up wins every week, there were a couple of games where we, where we, had, we were conceding less than we had previously. But not to be one of those stat guys, but the expected goals, as they say, were still about five times more than what we, we, what we were conceding. So the issue is always going to be that is going to catch up with you at some point. Hmm. You you can't outrun expected goals is the phrase I've seen this week. So when you have David Luiz on the pitch, he's not going to be making up for any of them. But when you look at the rest of the defenders Arsenal have, he probably is one of the better ones. That's what... I think that's the thing with David Luiz, though. He tricks you into thinking that he's better than he is because he can play a good ball every now and again and he can kind of... He does well, some. We something... don't have a midfield as much as we don't have a defence. So yeah, David Luiz was in there as much because he could play a long ball out from defence and he was connecting more passes to Aubameyang than Granit Xhaka was, for example. Yeah. So the, it's, it's issues from top to bottom, but... I think it's difficult before, because... Before when I defended Luiz... The mistakes were bad, but the positives were outweighing the negatives. But there's only so long you put up with the negatives. Well, he was literally the difference in midweek as well. So it's not yeah. like, you know, in as in keeping with most of the games since we've come back, relatively slow pace compared to normal. Two teams struggling to break each other down because the attacking players aren't that sharp yet. And you, you probably could well have seen a nil-nil without those individual mistakes from him. And instead, well, any, it looks, it looks terrible. Say Van Dijk is the go-to. 
him next to Lovren is far different to Lovren even being in there next to Joe Gomez who's yeah, accomplished yeah. at the back on his own yeah. but it's completely different yeah, and exactly. I imagine in the same situation if you'd put Van Dijk in there with Mustafi then Van Dijk is going to be saying we've got a minute left to half time keep things tight now and we'll get another break and then we'll see what we do second half yeah, I don't like know a, what I don't know what Louise is trying there in stoppage time because it's not like he's going to push a big breakaway. It's not like we're chasing a goal desperately. No, you no. need to get on with it. So it really made zero sense at all. And you consider the players that he's played beside, like your John Terry's, your Thiago Silva's, throughout his career. You'd have thought he'd have learned that by now, being one of the experienced heads in that team. And that's another one of his failings, which kind of highlights on how bad a player he is to have in a team at the moment, is that now is when he should be showing leadership. He should be that guy, but he's never learned from the mistakes that he was criticised for 10 years ago when he signed for us for the first time. Do you not think it's like, it's it's an instinct thing? So like, I'm sure he knows what he needs to do, but we we used to have Jovino. I don't know, is that Alex Russell in our head? No, it's not me. No, that was me. That was me. Apologies. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Just, just, just like it. put a mirror in your face at the start of this. <laughs> Please. Um, we had Jovino, and Jovino was a horrible goal scorer if he had any time to think. But instinctively, he wasn't a bad finisher. He had some nice finishes. I think he had one against Chelsea, which was quite nice, actually, in the game, that in that mental game where I think it was the last time we won at Stamford Bridge. So the 5-2? Yeah. When... He scored our yeah. opener, I think. With a touch, with a touch turn and a smash, but David Luiz's instincts are what lets him down. When everyone else's instinct should have been to clear it out there, his is to try and control it on his thigh, <laughs> take yeah. the ball down when you've got Sterling charging at you. So it's quite, it's quite a lot of parallels you can draw between him and Lovren, where Lovren has that yeah. internal instinct; he has to win everything, like he has to go for balls that he doesn't usually have to go for, or a Van Dijk would kind of back off in let the space be swallowed up by another teammate. He doesn't want that. And then he'll double down on that once he's failed once and make even more of a hash of it. And it's almost the same with David Luiz that he wants to be seen as this Brazilian player that can play football. So so defending almost comes second to that with him. I would say that Luiz is the top tier of that level of defender. So the type of defender that has the mental lapses... Yeah, I don't know if that's fair. I'm sure if you ask, Klopp, I think that's a fair wanted, assumption. If he wanted Louise over Lovren, he probably is going to take David Louise if you take wages and everything out of it. Mm. <sighs> yeah, I, I would probably Klopp say he could right. probably he's... do a good job with David Louise in a in a title winning side. He probably is very beneficial. There, there was times when he was at Chelsea and you were chasing a goal late on, and he can bring it from being rolled out to the keeper, yeah. right up to the other end of the pitch, and it is but... hugely beneficial. But there is that. Okay. I mean, he he looked his, at his best when he was playing in the back three because he had two other centre-backs that could cover him if he did mess up. And he would always run out of position. He would always leave space in behind. But when you're it playing goes, with two other centre-backs, especially Gary Cahill, that's... Yeah, it goes the other way, though, doesn't it? If you put a OK defend, If you put a bad defender in a Liverpool team, they're going to do OK. If you put an OK defender in a Arsenal team, they're going to do badly. Yeah, 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 yeah. there is that. Definitely. I mean... You've seen what a central defender can do to Liverpool because before they were always that team where 
you knew they were going to concede at some stage. It's just whether they scored loads or not. Yeah. Whereas now, with Van Dijk in that team and probably cemented in that team now, you don't see them conceding, but you still see them scoring. That is the thing, because I, other than Gary Cahill on a, on a free, which I'm sure, I mean, a lot of people wrote off Gary Cahill, so it would be a fair assumption that maybe Arsenal did the same thing and then we got to about a week left and David Luiz, his agent said, he doesn't fancy it here, he's not going to be starting for Frank, he'll set out trading for some move through, whatever, and the deal got done pretty quickly. We were willing to pay over the odds and Chelsea were able to get cash for him and get him out with a year left on his deal. But I don't know who else they would have been able to bring in without paying that ridiculous money. You look at even the young defenders now, and you're looking at a minimum of say 40 million for a centre back. I think I think your issue with for 60 million for Nathan Ake. Yeah, I, I think your issue with him was he. I think he was supposed to be a stopgap, but it just in, in this case the stopgap is leaking yeah. like fuck. <laughs> it's essentially the issue. Yeah, I think uh, he was never supposed to be like a long term thing. Was it supposed to be a uh, make do and make it do hasn't quite worked out? But I would say. Yeah, sorry. Who, who do you see replacing him? Who would you want in that team? Well, we've got we've got William Saliba coming in at the end of the season, and it's a lot to put on a eighteen year old kid's yeah. shoulders to stop yeah. that. But from what they say in France, I can only go by what I've seen. He is meant to be a special talent, but that can go one of two ways. Like I said to you, Jack, when I was chatting to you, or actually it may have been a different Jack, but uh. when I was talking about Gwen Doozy. So you're speaking oh, no, to that was me. That yeah, was me. where yeah. I said, look, I think all the talent's there, but putting him in this midfield at the moment where he's got the responsibility to be pushing a team forward, the development can go horribly wrong. No, it does. I think the same can happen with Saliba. So I'm sure the, the idea was we've got Rob Holden, we've got Callum Chambers, and we've got these other young defenders. And you look at Tierney on the left, Bellerin, fairly young on the right that he's there to be an experienced head that Koscielny was, but it's it's not worked clearly. So I think we, we should look... Thiago Silva's on a free. That makes all the sense in the world, even if he's slow for the Premier League, but just to have an experienced person there. Yeah. That mm-hmm. isn't going to make any stupid mistakes, but I'm sure we'll probably get... We'll probably put on a some stage. £30 million pound winger. We'll say Saliba's coming in like a new sign-in. Yes. <laughs> Promote Zach Medley to the first team would be assumption. <laughs> Corona's given a nice out, as we said last week, to any managers or chiefs that don't want to spend money. Yeah. The last couple of things on the Arsenal games, so we do have a lot of games to get into. I will the say, penalty- by the way, Byron, so, your assertion yeah. that uh, you build Mustafi if you can build him a defender was crazy. You are absolutely right to say <laughs> that, yeah. What? Physically, he's. I mean, he's quite weak watching him. He shouldn't he does get out muscled an awful lot. No, look at him, I'd, he shouldn't I'd, be, but he is I'd, quite weak. No, that's what I mean. I'd, like his yeah. his build is fairly when you build say you build a centre back on FIFA. All the gear, would, no idea is what you're saying. Yeah, he would be like this the stock kind yeah. of thing there, but yeah, the rest doesn't go with it. Um <laughs> I did a thing with Troy where, you know, those little tier things that you see on Twitter usually where it's like Different crisps and some madman's got like skips as elite squares, yeah, but that kind of thing. And it was split into be interesting to see it for your squads actually, where the top one was keep all costs, the second one was keep, the third was one more season, 
the fourth was selling at the right price and the final one was getting the bin to get him out <laughs> had a lot in getting the bin and I gonna say Mustafi was in there so yeah. I don't think because David Luiz has been that bad that Mustafi's charmed me the blonde hair's gone now so that's one of the only things that was charming me before that. <laughs> um, the penalty that gets given no issue with it being a penalty but there does seem to be some some referees give it some referees would say that it's too weak going down some referees would give a booking some referees give a straight red I don't know what the rules are here I, think I wasn't complaining because... when he was sent off but no I think it's one of those where there was no clear intention to play the ball so it did have to be a red it was a clear goal scoring opportunity he was in behind Although, yeah, it was coming from the side of the box. You'd still class that as in behind, I would. I know what I said when he got sent off against Liverpool and we had this TK where I was saying there was no real difference to what happened with Van Dijk in the Arsenal box. And I think it was on Maitland-Niles, maybe. Mm-hmm. And you said that it's how obvious it's made to be. And David Luiz does seem to be... Unfortunately like, so, yeah. He's putting yeah. on one of Alex's passion fit gear back in the day. fluorescent <laughs> pink going around in the box and then yanking him down. Yeah, the short po- of the- shouting at the ref, look, look, I'm pulling at his shirt. He couldn't like flag it up much more than he does. The, the problem is with David Luiz is they expect it of him. So yeah, that does lead into it as well, doesn't it? Like a yeah. dirty midfielder is more they likely know. to get a card than a defender. And, uh, and it's it's not even that he's dirty, he's just a petulant <laughs> fool most of the time. Like Yeah, they expect in, it of him, don't they? Yeah, exactly that. It's where they're looking out for it before they even look at what's happening. Is right, is he pulling his shirt? Yeah, he is mm. again. Yellow card, red card, whatever. It was Sterling, wasn't it? It was through. Mares. Mares, yeah. Okay. Mares. If it's Sterling, it might not be a goal scoring opportunity. (laughs) If through through on goal does not mean anything with Raheem, it could be. He put his hand on Mares' back, so it was more of a push than in the back than it was a pull in his shirt. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, I know, I just didn't know because there was a similar one in the United game the next day, which we'll go on to, which was a booking, so it just seems. Interpretations. I think there was, more, there was more players in the box at that point, wasn't there? Yeah. Mm. So finally, then you mentioned it, Jack. Eric Garcia was carried off on a stretcher after a collision with Edison and left City with ten men to end the game. Um, what the hell was he doing? <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. I don't I really mean, know how else to, because for a start, yeah. you're two 0 up here, and secondly, there was no Arsenal player challenging for the ball. <laughs> no. I, don't know, I don't know if Ed, if Eric Garcia's had a word with him in training and he thought, here we go. It's, it's one of those that nine times out of ten has a clean connection, no other connection with the player, and everyone lauds in that, well, he's just a great keeper. He comes out with his line. I know, but it's like Manuel Neuer. He comes out and heads it like that all the time. It just so happened this time that he absolutely poleaxed one of his own players. He did it to Mane on the other team where he just came flying in with no real regard for what, what else is going on there. Mm. Am I right in thinking he, that Mane got sent off? For, for booting him in the head, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of years ago. <laughs> because they, they chose to mention... Who is he? He's rustling around here. They, ch- they mentioned that, didn't they, while Eric Garcia was knocked out. Yeah, yeah. And they were yeah. saying, oh, we had a debate here, didn't we, about whether... He's an outfield player at that point. There's a time and a place for this lad. <laughs> yeah, not now, Tyler. They kept saying, why hasn't Edison gone over to check on him? If I'd just been wallop like that, I would not want him stood over me going, you're right. Yeah. Clearly, <laughs> I'm not all right. I've, I've seen that like clip as well of him laughing. 
and everyone else is like <laughs> solemn face. He's just there giggling to himself. Psychopath. Yeah, he is an absolute nutcase. He's like the monk from Mean Machine. <laughs> As a keeper, have you ever seen a centre back going for the ball that you don't like and thought this is my chance here? Like the, the clean one on it. Ah. Uh, not a centre-back. Obviously, I, I've aimed for opposing players that I didn't like. No, no, yeah, we went same team. So, like, but Edison no, style. I don't, I've never really not got on with someone in the same team as me. I'm just a nice guy. I just get on with Very people. political answer, that. Yeah, I'm just a nice guy. <laughs> At first, hey, I sure. thought it was the port we cleaned out as well. I thought, this guy oh, cannot catch a real. break. <laughs> I was thinking that. Sean has no memory about what happened to him at five-a-side. Makes you think. <laughs> what did Jack do? Is that when he got? <laughs> he got is that when he got winded? Or <laughs> well, that's what Joe thought. Yeah. There's there's some games here which I'm sure we won't have so much to talk about. The next game on was Norwich Southampton. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on a second. You still haven't answered the listeners' original question, which is: Do you I think David d- Luiz is the missing part of your defence? Do you stand by that statement? You haven't <laughs> I don't think I, was, I don't think I ever said he was. You, you, you. That is an exact line that you wow. said. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I mean, to answer they the pulled... question, Alex, quite clearly he is the missing link in the defence because he's not going to be in there again, and he was missing <laughs> several times this season. He quite literally <laughs> is the missing link in that he can't be found. <laughs> if that answers your question, he's not the worst signing of the season. No, he's not the missing link. I'm what was the name again? I'm, I'm I sure... still don't believe this is a real name. I'm sure. I'm sure. I think Jen, that was the joke. I'm sure. I'm sure. Jen. Jen Bones will be happy with that. <laughs> Jen Bones. Okay, Ben Jones. Took me a while. I was too irritated with the question. I thought. I thought you were being uh, comical there, but not accepting the, that, that was a real. The red mist come over. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. I said to Jack, it was a good thing. Maybe Alex didn't know we were recording on Saturday when he did ruin the recording because I might have said some I'd regret. <laughs> Norwich Southampton and Southampton drubbing Norwich 3 0. Um, they scored twice in five minutes in the second half, so we had another goal in the first half. And then, as another late on, Danny Ings, Stuart Armstrong, Nathan Redmond all netting. Ever since that stat came out about how little Redmond scored, he does seem to pop up on the score sheet for a bit more now. So maybe that was the kick that he needed. They're all great goals as well. Yeah. Seventh away win for Southampton now, and Norwich are now left on 21.6 adrift of the safety zone. So, not good. All but done, aren't they, I think? Yeah. We do seem to have that one team every year where you ask who's getting relegated. Well, obviously, them, where you don't even need to think about it. Yeah, there's debate about the other two spots, but that one's... I remember distinctly at the start of the season, we all went round and said, who's up, who's down? We all said Sheffield United were going to get relegated. <laughs> Just to bring that back, we all agreed. So <laughs> the, the good thing is, some of Alex's predictions over the years mean they do overshadow them. Yeah, we, we did also laugh at Cam saying that James Hannes Rodriguez might go to Everton, and that's been linked ever since. So <laughs> Sheffield might fall off to end the season. I think. I think Going back, well, so we'll come yeah. on to this Sheffield game, I'm sure, but we going back to the Southampton game, the Danny Ings, I bet a lot of Liverpool fans that I speak to are like, we kind of regret selling him. He's just absolutely banging them in. And you think, if you could have had him... I'm not sure he's going to accept being a backup, though, is he? No, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. I, the thing that's is that why Giroud the... has been perfect at Chelsea, because he was still coming on and doing the business. 
and why that's yeah. why it wasn't. That's true. The thing with that is, is it's a little bit. Um, I do remember saying, like, I actually do think he's a good player, and people kind of rolling their eyes, saying, like, "Yeah, come on, though." And then I think he does, he does fit the role really well. But what we sold into them for twenty million, yeah, probably as as good as you're going to get because he's never going to start enough games to Liverpool to be able to command that, is he? So I think it's well, a move. I mean, he was called Ricky really. Lambert Mark too, was he not? Yeah, people were a bit harsh. He did get two knee because he plays for Southampton, and basically so. <laughs> Southampton yeah. is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. I think the, the main thing to take away from Norwich is they've got some good players people can pick up probably on the cheap when they go down. Todd Cantwell, I'm a massive fan of. I'd be I more than happy if we took him. Well. We need someone, it's going to sound mental to yeah, have said this a couple say, of years yeah, ago, but well, I was going to say we need someone to replace Ertzil and that would have yeah. seemed mental, but if you put him in there today, it's an improvement. So He's going to play, so that's a good start. Yeah, I, Buendia is another one who someone is probably going to get on the cheap. And yeah. I always, and this isn't meant to be an insult by any means. I hope he doesn't take it as one. It's always the kind of player I can see Spurs taking because we've said before this happened where there would be a standout player at some of the lesser Premier League teams and Spurs would be the one that would pick them up. And obviously they would be the beneficiary. You had it with Dembele, had it with Sigurdsson and that kind of player where they would always yeah. be the chance to and so I could see him there I could still see Grealish being there to be fair but I, had a I similar still don't think you're going to get Grealish cheap yeah I had a similar we could do with a right back <laughs> yeah exactly uh, yeah definitely awesome. they got Ben Godfrey at centre back who's very good prospect um, Jamal Lewis left back someone take a punt on Pukki I'm sure they will. I mean, he went to Inter on my football manager save. If that, if him <laughs> and Lukaku would be out of the front line. Puki will probably be one where either he does well in the championship for half a season and gets picked up next year in the January or whatever by whoever's in the relegation zone of the Prem then and is trying to stay up. Or he'll be picked up by someone like Newcastle, Everton, that kind of team. Where it's a step up, but and he never maybe hits the heights too again, big for probably. him. Yeah, gets forgotten about. Norwich is probably right. They're probably just right for each other, aren't they? Yeah, they're a strange one, aren't they? I've watched so many of their games. Where I thought they're actually a really good team, but they just they don't quite have the quality to finish it off, and they're not good enough at the back to keep people out. So that, for that all, all the nice the stuff you can play, season. don't do it, huh? Yeah, the debate at the start of the season: were they right to play that way against Liverpool? Answer now, probably no. you should have just tucked your tails for a season and seen what you could do. They have had some bad luck. I remember seeing them basically play Spurs off the park before and ended up yeah. losing. They came, they? Spurs they came lose from behind, didn't they? So they, they're one of the they might fall into the best team to finish 20th. They could be in that <laughs> competition, which is a horrible one to be in. But there you go. They, they did knock Spurs at the FA Cup, don't forget that. I'd say yeah. they're a better version of yeah. like uh, Huddersfield were a couple of years ago. Well, they were a decent enough team, but they just it was surprising it took that long for Aaron Moy to get his move after. <laughs> it was like deadline day, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, if we go on to Spurs United, then so twenty-seven minutes in, uh, okay game to that point. Stephen Bergwijn runs through and 
smashes past De Gea, leaves Maguire halfway down the road. <laughs> we then get to half time. Roy Keane is losing his head. He's going to punch <laughs> up De Gea. He's calling. He's calling taxes uh, at full time for Maguire and De Gea too. I suppose he got to be pretty pleased with themselves at that stage. Yeah, I. I think um, I think we were a little bit lucky uh, to grab a goal like that. I mean, no denying Bergwijn's effort to pull that out, but I think we were almost almost flattering to deceive a little bit through the out the entire game. I mean, pretty much from the get go, um, it was more of the same of what we had prior to the Premier League going into lockdown of this transition from Pochettino going to the way that Mourinho's playing. Our movement off the ball was terrible. Um, you, he chose the lineup was questionable. I appreciate his choices at the moment were his choices at the moment are limited. I think if Deli Ali can play, you put him in there ahead of Lamella. But he racist, should he? But I think, <laughs> but I think with you, you've chosen Lamella. I can understand your thinking behind it in terms of of all the players in that squad. You know, he's going to be up for like up for. I mean, don't get me wrong. Throughout the game, he did. He was the player who was, let's say, the most involved was being the pantomime villain at points and was getting the United players riled up a bit uh, and getting a bit of a bit getting a bit of attitude in the game. But you've chosen a player who has you put him in the most creative position on the pitch and he isn't able to deliver a single pass or creative ball, which effectively <laughs> just takes Kane out of the game entirely. Who clearly, obviously, wasn't at his fittest. Say what you want about, you know, he's been out for a while. He's been slow out of the gates when he's come back from injury before. But there's no denying the class that he's got in his locker. And to not to be non-existent for the entire game is just there's no excuse for that. Um, Son was Son was relatively quiet on the wing. Um, he didn't really. I think he showed maybe a bit of a lack of fitness in terms of not making a lot of those penetrating runs, which we know he can do. Um, and the defence choice, having Sanchez and Dyer at the back, I mean, I don't know why you don't start Alderweireld of the Tongan um, when you're looking to be more of a counter-attacking side. Um, I think Dyer and Sanchez is probably the risky, particularly Dyer is probably one of the most risky choices at the back as he proves Just don't play on. Dyer at the back would be a yeah. good start, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's just you're playing him a lot when you've got any defense with Aurier in is as risky as it comes yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's no to be able to launch a counter attack. You've got to be able to string a few passes together, and that team just couldn't do that whatsoever. I mean, you look at the goal itself; that was poorly pure, that was purely Bergwijn. I mean, in towards the latter stage of the game, we had a few moments where the momentum was in our favor prior to Pogba coming on. Um, where we start to almost show a little bit of what it was like under Pochettino, but there was no consistency to it. And, you know, it's, I think class was outshone. I mean, the best player on the pitch in the night was uh, definitely Fernandez, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and Pogba coming on. Go on, go on. Have you seen Jose's press conference from today? Yeah. Answering back Paul Merson. <laughs> it Have is you seen it, Alex? I haven't seen it, no. So Paul Merson said that. Harry Kane can't score 25, 30 goals a season with the way Mourinho plays. And he came out with a prepared speech listing the um, goal-to-game records of Drogba, Ronaldo, Benzema, Milito uh, and Zlatan all under his management. Yeah. And said, so dear Paul, I have lots of respect for you. I think Harry Kane has no problem at all to score goals in my teams. 
especially when he's fit and fresh and has his routines of playing. That's my message to someone I have lots of respect for. <laughs> the Jose way means I have absolutely zero respect for. <laughs> yeah. The thing I is, think, like, I, he, I agree. He, he, like, a, a, a Mourinho team is like, I mean, what he hasn't got in Tottenham at the moment, and he's, I don't know if he's hoping the Celso might eventually live up to the promise, but um, you, a Mourinho, a, a quintessential Mourinho team has always had that player that can make the, that pass to your main Bayern up top. I mean, you look, bringing Fabregas into Chelsea, he was that man who just lit any of that strike, lit that striker up. Any team that he's had, he's always a that player. No, so, it was Mourinho. It was Mourinho. Uh, but he's, like, his yeah. main guy's been Sissoko, hasn't it, when he's played um, Joe Forrest. That's been his go-to guy. The thing is, you, like, I saw him start and I thought, look, you've, you're playing Sissoko in the sort of the, the, engine, the engine part of the midfield, holding midfield alongside Winks in a defence which is already questionable and you're trying to be counter-attacking. I can understand, you know, he's good at picking up the ball and travelling with it, but you've already got Lamella on the pitch for that. I just, you know, there was... The glaring wound in that team was there was absolutely no creativity, which effectively starved Son and Kane and Bergwijn from getting anything whatsoever. Um, I just, in that situation, apparently Lacelso just wasn't fit enough. And uh, to be honest, it goes, I'll be honest, I'm really appalled by a lot of these Premier League players who can't seem to be able to keep a certain amount of fitness. I mean, yes, there is match fitness, but for Christ, they're some of the highest paid athletes in the world. I've seen athletes from different sports that are on a scratch of whatever these football players are on and they've kept themselves in better shape than this. I mean, there really is no excuse for it. Regardless, lockdown or not, you can do... They, these players have got the facilities or the really should have the enthusiasm to keep themselves as fit as they can to come back and not being able to put in a decent amount of performance for at least 70, 60 minutes of a match is... There's no excuse for it, really. I don't know why nobody's really talking about that. It's... It's really important from the game was um, that Solskjaer cost United because his team selection was horrendous. If if Pogba's fit, then Pogba's fit, and you saw the difference it made once Pogba came on. He played in a friendly prior, didn't he? He, did, he had played. Yeah. So yeah. He, like they were all quite surprised that he didn't start. And yeah. Greenwood made a massive difference when he came on as well. Yeah. Because yeah. he was prepared to put himself about more than. Martial was and I know Rashford didn't look like he was fully fit himself but if, if he'd had Greenwood in there probably instead of Martial and he would had Pogba in there instead of Fred or McTominay to start with then it looked like it would have been a completely different game even if you had Greenwood in there over Daniel James and you keep yeah. Martial and Rashford on because James was terrible you had mm. him and Wambasaka both down the right hand side and going from by what you said the theme of the game they had no creativity there because it was all well and good James beating the man, but it was what he did afterwards that was the issue. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I did I did crack up um when uh Pugba and Fernandez linked up for the first like after Pugba came on and they had their first little bit of link up play where Pugba put in quite an aggressive pass that Fernandez was able to handle really well. And the commentator said immediately, There's the part like like it was like a, a partnership made in heaven. I mean, after that they didn't link up at all, I don't think. It's like, let, let, let's not get too carried away <laughs> here just yet. What, what but, were your thoughts when Dyer gave away the first penalty? I thought, I thought, it, without you can't say it's not a penalty. Um, I thought it's, again, it's one of those penalties where it's a bit like you've put, he's 
Dyer's put himself in that situation and he's made he's allowed that contact to happen and Puggle is always gonna go down. It's it's careless. I think I'm not gonna I'm gonna say it's careless, I'm not gonna say it's overly stupid because I think he's got to put himself there to keep Pugba from putting in a pass across goal um, I think what I'm did you think of the second penalty second penalty yeah, so it wasn't a penalty so <laughs> what, what were you what were your thoughts when it immediately happened what the second one yeah so before it's been ruled out well, I knew I, my phone vibrated and I knew exactly what the message said before I'd even read it so <laughs> and it was you putting in the group chat Oh, you're not prepared. watching the game. <laughs> no, I said I knew what the message was and who it was from the moment that the penalty was given. Oh. Um, yeah. But uh, I was like, but no, I didn't. Initially, initially, I thought it, at speed. Initially, I thought of speed. I was like, yeah, that's it. And to a certain extent, I'd been coming. But sure enough, after one one slow down angle from VR, I was like, I wasn't worried at all. Um, and nobody was after that. So it was pretty. Uh, Pretty, not really much to say on it, to be honest. But again, on, again, sorry. again, though, diet is easy. Could have gone two, one or two ways, and luckily it did go in the way of 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 Dyer's favour in the end. Because it, I mean, he's put himself in that position again. He, that's what I was saying about like he is a risky choice at the back. He does put himself in that position. I mean, talking about David Luiz earlier, Dyer has got a bit of a track record of making challenges like that. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, let's not forget what happened against bloody Chelsea um, those, uh, in their Leicester winning season he has got the capability to completely lose his head um, and just start to play like a child who's at the uh, throws the toys out the pram you know it's, he, if, you say about um, sorry Lee, just to finish it you, you say about um, Oli Costin United I personally see it as another case of Jose Costa and Spurs and so I thought Spurs were alright first half I thought they were quite good not particularly uh, action packed game of course but I thought they were the better team and in the second half just decided we're not going to come out of our own half <laughs> and it just invites pressure on and and part of why it was then Pogba's then got free reign he's just been given the ball give the ball yeah. all this time in space because you're just going to sit in and we'll go from there now they needed the penalty to, to break them down albeit that's probably United's own fault but it's at some point you've got to look at this as a Mourinho thing. It happened at United as well. The amount of times they would go ahead in the game and then just camp. And I thought at yeah. first, it was, I was thinking, there's no way Jose's telling them to do this because it's not benefiting the team. If they carried on as they were, and if Spurs carried on as they were in the first half of this one, I think they would have been all right. But yeah. so often they just they fall back, fall back, fall back. And they don't have the defenders able to do it. Alex said about um, something that Jose always has. I'll tell you the thing that Jose always had in successful teams was a strong back four. And he hasn't been able to get that at Spurs so far. And until he's able to, they're not going to be able to play like he wants them to. Yeah. I think that was the archetypal Mourinho performance, wasn't it? It was just what we're all used to, what we're used to seeing from him. And back in the early days with Chelsea, everyone would kind of laud him for it, like as a defensive man. Because well, it worked. Because it actually worked. Now it's yeah. not working. So exactly. It's, it just he doesn't have so the players old. to do it. it Chelsea so had a great back four. So, I, 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 the thing is as well. Like, obviously, we've got they've got access to five substitutions at the moment. I mean, United made two substitutes uh, pretty much on sixty minutes, um, and then another two on eighty minutes. You can pretty much rule out McTominay coming on in the eighty ninth minute. Yeah, he chose yes. to make two substitutions at the seventieth minute. At, it's seventy minutes in. It was pretty evident that Kane wasn't showing up. 
And, yeah. you know, it's kind of what do you do in that situation? I mean, Son's shown a little bit of flair. You know, there's, he had options there to make. I mean, he's got Endembello on the bench, who obviously I know isn't really doing much, but you might as well give him a shot. Um, you know, even just doing anything to allow your players to push up a bit more. And, like, Kane was just offering nothing. Uh, you have, you know, you could see that Winks really sort of disappeared in the towards the second half. So there was literally no options in the no options to help bring on a bit of momentum. It just it just seemed it just seemed a wasted opportunity when your team's struggling in front of you from a fitness perspective to not make use of those three other substitutions. I was just it just was questionable. Mm. After to move us on because we got we still got seven games. <laughs> We've got Watford Leicester so. Nothing too much happened in this one until stoppage time. So if we if we go straight to there, Chilwell out of nowhere puts Leicester ahead with a banger of a goal, mm. and then it how's your luck? Later in stoppage time, Craig Dawson pops up with an overhead kick <laughs> to get an equaliser. So I mean, I think it said a lot that even Brendan was laughing after the game. So. And we said about Leicester, it's going to be more about hanging on to Champions League now, isn't it? Rather than a couple you know, going of out. A couple more results like that, they might start looking over their shoulder a little bit. Yeah. Well, I've actually looked at Leicester's. Leicester's at one running. point, they were eleven points ahead at half time. I think if they could have got a win, and then okay, the difference is them being only eight points. So. Yeah, so you can start getting your red quite quickly. Yeah, I mean, if you look at their remaining fixtures, of they got Brighton, then they got us. It, Got Chelsea, they got Everton, game. Palace, Arsenal, Bournemouth, Sheffield, Tottenham, Man United. So yeah. their running is actually quite difficult. I've made it's made me feel better. Although on Chelsea's. the plus side, all it takes is one result and you kind of double whammy because you're pushing another one back. So there is that. Yeah, there's big games on there in around them. I don't think we covered a lot of Arsenal during the first game, but next up we did have Brighton Arsenal. I don't know. <laughs> I got excited, like like the Men in Black thing had happened, and I'd forgotten what had <laughs> happened in the last game and what I was subjecting myself to. But, <laughs> so I we think... turn up. Brighton haven't won a game all year. Arsenal have, haven't lost a three o'clock kickoff since like November of the year before, or something mental like that. Mm. It's a fairly dull game. Arsenal started quite well, actually, creating chances, fast play, and then I don't know if it was fitness or whatever. Or just one of them where, you know, if you don't take your chances, then something's going to happen. And a 50-50 looks like he's in on goal. Leno catches the ball and Leo Morpé follows through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Leno goes down. It looks like he's done his ACL, I think they're saying. So, Christ. The thing that was annoying me, because I'm sure... If, if you're listening to this, then you've seen the challenge or whatever you want to call it. Wasn't that, I think, more pay has gone in with the intention of saying, I'm going to do his crucial here because no, he'd have no. to be, I'd actually probably praise him more because the specifics of being able to do that would be incredible. <laughs> Should be a doctor or something, shouldn't he? Yeah. yeah. But what he did do is leave one in the keeper, which Peter Crouch said at half time that, look, He's done that himself before when he's frustrated in a game or whatever. Not proud of it, but he's done it before. What was annoying me was every pundit like Rio Ferdinand or whatever who's doing my head in. Saying, <laughs> I thought you might. 
saying, oh, he hasn't, he hasn't meant it. He hasn't, and it's like, he has meant it. He's just not meant the severity of what's happened because it's not like he's on the floor and he's run into him. He's in the air when he's barged into him. Mm. If we're comparing it in rugby where we're constantly told how much bigger and stronger and everything they are, you can't challenge someone in the air because of the damage they can cause and how you're, you're, you're defenceless at that point. When I was going back, there's several times where we've had a player get injured where he's been defenceless at the time and nothing happens. We had it with uh, Matthew Debushi, who was barged in the back by Anatovic, and he dislocated his collarbone, I think it was. And he I was mean, out they might have the that. season. <laughs> we had it with uh, Alexis Sanchez against Palace, where he was pushed into the TV pit. We had it against United with Wilshire, where the game had stopped and a follow-through challenge comes in. And regardless of what you say as to how easy he is to injure, it still happened in a needless time when there should be nothing going on. And that was the issue. Part of the issue, the Arsenal players did nothing really. They they should have stuck it on more pay after that because it's quite clear what happened rather than keep your anger in and chops about it afterhand, which we'll get to, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, I think the, thing, that's... the issue was that the ref didn't punish it. And so because of that, the tempers are then flared up for the rest of the game happening when if he had booked him, then that would that would have been it there and then. It would have been acceptable, but you would say he's had some punishment. It's not going to happen again, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Nothing happened, and then the game carries on. Arsenal finally take the lead. Pepe scores a peach of a goal. I don't know if you've seen the clip of the people from Arsenal TV. So oh, Christ, it won the world. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah, yeah. I celebrated it, as you would because it was a nice goal, but that was like World Cup level stuff. And that was, that, that's what, I hate any show where it's someone watching something like a camera. There's, they keep advertising one with the UFC where it's like fighters watching fights where people just hand themselves up because of the camera there. I hate it. It was very but camera that's, conscious, that's, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's a whole another thing. But yeah. we get the goal and you know straight what's going to happen. Like you said about Spurs, we dropped off instantly mm. and we're trying to protect the lead we said about defenders it it shouldn't be and you can call this like pompous or whatever for what the club is Arsenal should not be looking at Bryson centre-backs with envy because we would take their second or third centre-backs in there I mean Lewis Most does walk in and he's the yeah. one who ends up getting the equaliser short corner everyone's asleep which is kind of the issue where you've got half zone or half man on man where no one seems to know what they're doing. No. Especially even on top of that, when you've got a substitute keeper in there, they equalise. And even at that point, we were moaning the fact that we're going to get a draw. And then what do you know? Always the case when there's been some controversy between one player and the start of the game. <laughs> Arsenal <laughs> fall asleep. Yeah, Arsenal fall asleep. They go straight down and uh, Morpé gets the winner. It was actually a He's nice goal, I thought. It, it, it was. was the, keeper, the, the keeper's thing. done him a favour. It was. Mm. It reminded me the of... The build-up uh, label. Yeah. There was a Petr Cech one against, I think it was Palace a couple of seasons back, where it was a nice goal, but it was like... No, it wasn't. It was in the FA Cup semi-final against City, where Aguero's threw on goal, but Cech goes down and it's like, put it here. 
just yeah if yeah, you yeah. want to put it somewhere the goal's there yeah and martinez didn't really look like he looked like he was kind of coming out because i've got a show here that i'm making some kind of effort yeah 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 it was like when you, you're rotating keeper at five aside and if someone doesn't even attempt to save it, you tell them they're saying in goal, but if you can at least put up the argument that you did try and save it, then you can say, look, my turn's done now. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. who's, who's switching with me? <laughs> and that, it was like, that's what it was. And The season's been a write-off as it is. I felt pretty numb when it happened, but then you look at social media and it's like, oh, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> And that I think it's, interview that everyone was lapping up. I that did my head in because he didn't say anything <laughs> that was that like you could say that about any team, and people are going to lap it up. Him saying they need to know some humility. So, <laughs> I'm sure any time you play in a game, things are going to be said to the to the other team. It's not a case of that. If Arsenal had gloated on the pitch, and I'd be shocked because. <laughs> there hasn't been much to gloat about. Yeah, going to say, yeah, they've lost. And half of them probably don't speak the same language as more pay as it is. No. But I did enjoy him getting choke slammed by Gwendouzi <laughs> after the game. Even more so that he's not going to be punished for it. But yeah, somewhat surprising. It was like you've had 90 minutes here to let him know you're there, which is essentially how we got in this mess in the first place by letting someone know that you're there without being stupid enough like David Louise was earlier in the week, to be sent off. So he could easily have put in a challenge on him there and he would have been sound. But look, we haven't said that there's much IQ in the Arsenal side for a fair while. So I think that's the problem, isn't it, with the whole thing. If he'd got some verbals from his back line, from the Arsenal back line after the incident, and if, say, Guendouzi or someone could have clapped into him and just let him know that he was there, he wouldn't have had that same confidence and swagger that he had to run through on goal in the last minute. He may have left. Wendouzi is chopsy though, but that's kind of like what he is. Like I don't think he would be started in an Arsenal team. And regardless of what people think of him now, he is only 19 years old and better than 90% of 19-year-olds coming into the league, particularly from the second division. He shouldn't be leading the team, which is he was probably the main leader on the pitch in that game, as scary as it is. Mm. He is cocky. He does rub teams up the wrong way and it is going to go wrong sometimes, but that's that's going to be part and parcel of it. I'm sure there's plenty of other players who are a similar age that are doing the exact same thing and they'll be getting be honest, the exact same treatment. To, to be honest, it was for that reason I thought I saw it as much to do about nothing in that, in that sense because I, I thought... Um, it's fair enough that Morpé says that because you probably do feel that way. Extra and just taking the lead, by the way. And, sorry? Extra just taking the lead. So. And um, <laughs> I thought know. it was fair enough that Guendouzi reacted angry. Yeah. I, I thought more Arsenal players probably should have, like you said, stuck it on him during the game. Uh, you had the whole time where... Sort of piping up after the event, if you will. <laughs> yeah, there was the whole time that he's down. Leno did it at the time, there was the picture of as he's walking off and he gives him yeah, pointy yeah, finger yeah. at him and tells him. Any of his teammates probably could have done that, but instead he's... That is horrible because we probably need to buy a keeper now in the summer, which we could have done without. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I, I just not, thought, we were often calling for more sort of feistiness in these games and then we've had a bit of it and we've all yeah. sort of started crying about it. I just thought, Arsenal have every right to be angry at more pay. He's got every right to say what he wants about him I didn't 
I didn't think he committed GBH like some people online did. But <laughs> he clotheslined him. He clotheslined him. <laughs> but I also, I was, I was chatting with Troy, and I don't know if you felt this with some of the negative seasons that Liverpool had before they got to where they are now. Um, mm. When the season is a write-off and you get the fans saying, oh, I, don't even, I don't even care anymore, kind of thing. So frustrated. Like, people are saying, I don't really care what happens at the end of the season now. You just write it off. It is what it is, kind of thing. So, you can't get out that easy. No, no, <laughs> no. There's people, there's people me and Jack went to school with who for the whole of year 10 and 11 claim they weren't football fans anymore because of what Liverpool were doing. No, so, I, very I, true. I've, I've <laughs> said that's... Uh... That's not part of the deal. You're not a fan, I'm afraid. I, same as a, you know, as a, a sort of protective measure, you pretend you don't care if you lose. That's that's not allowed. It's you're all in. It's you have I've to seen be... people saying, "Look, I hope we don't qualify for Europe now." I, but you know, my feelings on the Europa League. I still want to be in there, but probably wouldn't be the worst thing for our team if we did finish outside the top six. Other than for the jokes that will be occurring for the, the whole of. Next and season, even if that, that, that's different, though, isn't it? Because that's a that you saying you don't want to finish in the like get European, European, I want to, Europa I League. Well, yeah, but it's that you can understand if somebody say that you don't because it's a tact, is it like a tactical decision yeah. that you hope to benefit your team for the better? It's not you just like sort of saying, saying you like, don't care and writing it off. No, I had a message from someone saying they're, they're thinking about neutrality now because they're <laughs> sick of it. Come on. <laughs> Ugh. If we go on to the next game, because I will say the I one mean, thing that I yeah. saw off Arsenal fan TV that I thought was good, um, it was your man Robbie. Uh, so he does speak some sense in there as well as some of the other stuff. Yeah, <laughs> he had that. I can't remember what his name is, but he kept going up to the camera and saying like more pay your cheat and stuff. Yeah, and he basically offered him offered them out, which was ridiculous in itself because he wasn't. Yeah, to... <laughs> he's too ridiculous. Um, but it's he, um, yeah, and um, but Robbie said something that I thought is something I've raised with you before where he amongst some other fans were kind of blaming the ref and stuff it was like you did lose to Brighton it, it, that wasn't the reason yeah. you lost and it's almost like a I'll compare it to like a, a boxer when they sort of every if you look at them in in a mix what they say there's always an excuse for what he lost even like say like Ricky Hatton there's always like, the ref cost him his maybe and he, he had a bad camp for Pacquiao even though he knows that that wasn't the real reason he lost there's always some sort of thing in there I just yeah. feel like there's too many. That's kind of if you hide behind that excuse, you, you're not getting to the real reason of why the team isn't good enough. I hope more players prepared because Arsenal fans know how to hold a grudge. Ask Troy Deeney. <laughs> yeah, ask, Phil, exactly. ask Phil Brown. Yeah, yeah. Ask Kenny Dalglish. <laughs> Swine. Yeah, exactly. He's the one I do agree with, Dalglish. So, but anyway, West Ham Wolves. A game really about. Traore, wasn't it? It was pretty dull. Traore came on and that was it. I saw a lot of a Liverpool fans saying, please put the money up for him in the summer. I did see a thing saying, I uh, did see an article saying that, that this was a while back saying they were going to switch their attention from Werner to Traore. I don't think, as far as I could see, it had any actual factual basis. They, <laughs> I think they were just saying it because we weren't in for Werner. Uh, they seem to think like you can get him cheaper. Like, we're not going to get him cheaper no. than fifty million. The Wolves are going to rinse everyone, anyone. Yeah, I think you'll be lucky to get him for that. I think it'll be close, closer to the hundred million mark is what you're going to have to pay because there's going to be some mental club that will pay it like Barca. And they're in a financial position where they don't have to. So yeah. in, they've got money. And he seems happy enough there to be fair. So he 
had the run and cross to put it pretty much on a plate for Jimenez to head home in the 73rd minute. And he then goes and crosses it for fellow substitute Pedro Nito with a peach of a volley. That was class. Yeah. And that lifts them into sixth place and they're level on points with United. So that was a really proper rocket as well, that volley. Yeah, that was a bad it's what it's one of those goals you can just enjoy. Like no matter who scores it, you just enjoy watching it. Yeah, if it's your team, it's the type you stand up for. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you're at home, you stand yeah. up and then you realize, what am I doing here? You know, you should <laughs> You had Bournemouth Crystal Palace after that then, so it was the first Premier League game to be broadcast on BBC. Arsenal had the first three PM game to be broadcast, so what a treat that was to go down in history. Um <laughs> Crystal Palace run out 2-0 winners. Uh, Milojovic, if I've pronounced that right, with a peach of a free kick, I think on like 12 minutes. And then Jordan Ayew about 10 minutes later. So quite a nice finish by Ayew. I, I going to say, say, yeah, it was. It looks like one of them where he's put less power on it just to prove the point. <laughs> <laughs> it was just such perfectly placed. Bournemouth, in a, in a weekend where we've seen well, a week where we've seen Villa play twice, we've seen West Ham, well, West Ham play against uh, Wolves, we've seen Brighton, we've seen Watford. Bournemouth actually looked the least inspired of the lot. They looked yeah. there was just nothing to them at all. When they were bringing on Solanke chasing a goal, that's when they thought yeah. oh, they really are struggling, they? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's... The best way I've seen them summed up is that Simpsons meme. I don't know if anyone's seen the episode of Ned Flanders' parents. So we've tried absolutely nothing and we're all out of ideas. Yeah. And it's like they've basically not signed anyone of no, wasted money on Jordan Ibe, Solanke, and they haven't changed anything at all. And they're just expecting themselves to just get results without changing again. anything. Yeah, And... The least kind of left, kind of left them in the in the wake of it a little bit, and I think this is what we alluded to on our kind of preview podcast that they are the team that's going to suffer the most because they don't have. Spend... Sorry, go ahead, mate. So I was going to say spending the money on Solanke is actually worse when they've already been bent over by Jordan I because it's not like they can't even say they didn't see it coming. Yeah. Liverpool have already had their pants down once, and then they pulled their boxes down after. They've been sold a shit car and they've gone back to the same dealership. Before. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to give them another chance. The thing is with Solanke, it's weird because he was like voted Chelsea Player of the Year and he was like a top scorer at the England and World Cup and he kept Harry Abraham out of the youth team. We were it's saying, just... I think, he might be the classic embodiment of one of those youth players who just grew quicker than everyone else. Yeah, you know, pretty big... much that bullying striker who can kind of score goals at youth level and then when he kind of gets exposed for his technical deficiencies <laughs> when he has to play at the elite level yeah if you true. have the technical deficiencies you have to be able to use your size and he doesn't have that does he no no he doesn't seem to be able to hold the ball up which is a problem for a target man what did you think of the injury to Josh King so we've seen this a couple of times where someone's won the ball but they've also gone through on the man straight after Gary Cale it was and there seems to be a lack of consistency there where sometimes it'll be, look, it doesn't really bother us that you've got the ball, you've still followed through to the man and it's been dangerous. It's the one, It was worse, the Abamyang one, but Abamyang had it against uh, Crystal Palace. 
and then the other yeah. way around then yeah, you yeah. have this one where Gary Cahill has made obviously a strong connection with his studs up and nothing happens there I think that it was the kind of challenge that it was that slide challenge if you start penalising that challenge you don't yeah, want, I don't want that it from the game it just yeah. seems there's no consistency as to when it is and when it is. No, I agree. And I think, again, it, it will come down to personal preference of the ref. And it's where you can kind of have the different refs that you know you can get away with some stuff with some refs and not stuff with others. Yeah. So it's that interpretation of the rules. There's so many rules in football that you are going to have that level of interpretation. But I would not want to see that kind of tackle go from no. the game. Not one bit. That's what makes football special when you see a defender stretching for a challenge. And you know he's only got eyes for the ball there. He is just unlucky that he follows through. But you are right. It's been inconsistent with other fouls of the same ilk. So we've got three games left and we can get everyone away before the Cheltenham game starts or the City one if that's your cup of tea. Um, Newcastle, Sheffield then. 3-0. I'm not sure anyone was predicting this. Nope. Joe Linton scores his first Premier League goal since August. 3 0 against a 10 man Sheffield side, which is pretty ridiculous the way John Egan was sent off because you're never not getting a yellow for the second one. So I don't really know what he was doing there. But <clears throat> Alan St. Maximin, baller, isn't he? Yeah, big time. And again, he's one of those where he's one great season away from moving yeah. to another club or being like a Triori, basically. I was going to say, he's in the same boat as Triori, isn't he? Where yeah. he's going, a sort of flashes now, but then in other games is, is looking terrible. Well, anonymous, I should say. Mm. And it's whether, if he can get, even for a short burst, a consistent run, people will go in for him. Because he's got yeah, that he level of talent when he's on his that. day. We get a lot from French players, don't we, where we're told about their attitude and then they come over to England and it seems that was never really an issue. No, he's one that actually has lived up to it is um, Serge Aurier, where everyone said what their attitude was like, and then it okay, no, you actually were right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they can't get it wrong every time. <laughs> Kazawa is cursed with it as well. No one wants to pick him up from PSG because they've heard about what he's like, apart from Arsenal, apparently. But it was a great... Well, it was a good first goal. It was good play. They've been slowly pushing on and then... I'm not sure which defender there, it was, it? but yeah, slips under it and so Maximin kind of bends it inside the post as well. But from there on, they didn't look back. Matt Ritchie scores a nice goal for the second. I think bad defending and bad keeping on top of that. Yeah, I think Dean Henderson is kind of, he's got the confidence in him there and he thinks, oh, I know what he's going to do here. But then he kind of gets shown for the rookie that he is, yeah. leaving that much space at the near post. It was like when the keepers tried that thing, didn't it, where they would leave like a massive side of the goal open on a free kick and say, go on then, put it there. And then yeah. every so often, the player so, would put it there. And it was like that with yeah. Matt Ritchie, where he just put it outside of the boot, and it's just swerved nicely in. Mm. Wouldn't want to strap with him, by the way. He looks like he could get nasty with you if he needed to. Matt Ritchie. <laughs> <laughs> he looks he looks rough um, <laughs> you'd fancy Gwen Doozy Gwen Doozy yeah we'll put him in there and <laughs> Joe Linton records his second goal of the campaign with a tap in I think Jamie Redknapp said at half time that he would and then they reminded him after and he was like I didn't really think he would <laughs> which was good of him the commentator said even Joe Linton can't miss there so that tells you I think what most think about him what people were saying about with the Reds, so well, look, just let Joe Linton in. Don't bother getting a Reds. Just see what happens. Yeah, 
poor guy is getting busted. What do you think about Steve Bruce? I mean, I'm conscious we've got Chelsea and Liverpool to get through and asking Jack about Chelsea, we, we could be through to half time of the Cheltenham game. <laughs> Come from the Steve guy Bruce. that's had two essays about two Arsenal games. <laughs> They yeah, were very we prominent this week, though, we weren't did they? A whole, we did a whole podcast on Chelsea and, yeah, Arsenal. <laughs> Everyone seemed to enjoy talking about them. I'd happily oh, skip him. Arsenal <laughs> did steal the headlines this week. That's true. What do you think? So a new owner comes in. Say a new owner comes in tomorrow. Would it be fair to sack Steve Bruce? And no. should they sack Steve Bruce? No, to both. I think you look at... No, to both. Yeah, you look at Rafa Benito. But he, he will be gone was... quicker than you can imagine. Though. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Don't, he won't... <laughs> He won't deserve to be, but he will be. And no, I think it wouldn't be fair, but it would be right to. Yeah. I oh, mean, you look at his goals, his um, points per game is higher than Rafa Benitez, is it? I think it's 1.3 memory serves. And he's just doing better things with a team, with a worse team that, than Benitez had, without the moaning. Like, every, he was lauded up there, Benitez, the, the new saver of Newcastle. Oh, he's kept them in the league. They lost Ozzy Perez and they lost Rondon. They've had a striker that has scored two goals in just <laughs> under 12 months. So, and for Newcastle to be where they are, and I think it says more about Sheffield, and like I kind of said the other day in our preview, that this will affect Sheffield more than any other team because they shouldn't really be where they are. And they've come back playing like a team that shouldn't be where they are. Um they looked right against Villa. But, but still, if a team, like a newly promoted team against a newly promoted team, a nil-nil, you, and the only real opportunity was a goal that wasn't given, yes, but the rest were Villa's chances. You were going to say it's Villa then, weren't you? Then you remembered who Chelsea played. <laughs> yeah. But um, with um, the game against Newcastle as well, they were played off the park. And I think that they've come back into this without any of that momentum that they had before. It's almost like they're trying to start the wheels again. Do you do you think it was fair to sack Ranieri from Chelsea? And was it right to sack Ranieri from Chelsea? I don't think it was fair, but I do think it was right. That's a similar situation here. Like yeah, I'd say... Newcastle yeah. are going to be able to get a better manager, you think, with the money available. Although, given what Bruce has done so far, it probably wouldn't be fair. Yeah, I mean, I can understand why you've answered that, 100%. But apart from your higher echelons of coaching, like your Pochettinos that are currently out of work and Yeah, I'd imagine like that's that. what they're going to look for. Yeah, but if they can't get him, then they shouldn't sack him for anyone else. But Sherwood. I... Get Sherwood in. <laughs> Big Sam again. <laughs> in a way, if they, if they do do it, they're better off just sacking him straight away than having an uncomfortable fit of trying to make it work. Yeah. Because you yeah. just, it's a little bit like uh, Mark Hughes at City. I think he was always on borrowed time. Because yeah. they do have a manager where a new person comes in and sometimes they do literally just chop you immediately. Yeah, I know. I found out the hard way. I was buzzing <laughs> in a new takeover and I got binned straight away. <laughs> we got Villa Chelsea then. So part of me was pleased that. Villa had gone ahead part of me didn't want to say it and jinx it like Sean did and part of me thought I don't really want to come on here and it was like a win-win because Jack was going to be able to say I told you so if Villa had got the W (laughs) (laughs) well it was 70% of the ball Chelsea before going 1-0 down yeah it was basically the complete 
nutshell of what our season's been like. It's almost like the break hadn't happened. It was have all of the ball, sideways passes, no penetration. Didn't really look like scoring apart from like some really bright moments from Mason Mount. And then just a defensive fuck up, just a goal where you just out of nowhere, like against Newcastle when they scored in like the last minute, it was just all Chelsea and then we give a stupid goal away. Lampard said after, he said we dominated, but that's been the story of a lot of our games. We just need to be more clinical. Yeah. I think in a, in a way we're lucky that we've got Ziyech and Werner coming in because <laughs> Ziyech could, could be the player that unlocks defences and Werner is the one that would usually put them away. So that is good for a penetration side of things, but we need new defenders. Like We can't play this possession football. We've got a Brazilian you can take back if... Uh... <laughs> we can't play this possession football like we do and our midfield kind of gets bypassed on every break apart from Kante when he's playing in centre defensive mid. And then our defence just seems completely incapable of dealing with anything. It's weird that it was a complete heart and mouth moment every time Villa were in our half because I just, from the goalkeeper forward, I didn't know what was going to happen. There isn't that written... Loftus-Cheek can kick on. He's got nine games to prove that Chelsea don't need a new midfielder. Yeah, I think Loftus-Cheek apparently has been the brightest in the warm-up games and if anything shows that the warm-up games mean nothing, it's Chelsea beating QPR 7-1 and couldn't, <laughs> literally lucky to get two goals against he's Aston Villa. He's just got Villa. to stay fit, hasn't he? Yeah, he's a brilliant player and he is someone that can give you goals from midfield, which is what we're missing when our strikers don't turn up or when we're kind of got a low block. With Aston Villa, I mean, there's low block and there's what Aston Villa did yesterday <laughs> where they're their entire team in their 18-yard box at one point. Yeah, I just I think <laughs> faith for them staying up I thought no. when we did it last week that maybe they had like Grealish and McGinn could do it but no they're pathetic no. yeah like yesterday I I just couldn't believe what I was seeing there was no space so I can kind of berate Chelsea for being like, oh, got City next person. at least I actually fancy us against the bigger teams this year for some reason because there's more space for us to play in and if we've got our inside team fit like we've just beaten Liverpool 2-0 just before the break and Again, it was the same kind of thing where if another team gives us space, we can do a lot with the ball. It's when the other team sits in their own boxes when we kind of yeah. look a bit clueless. It's almost like England all those years ago under Roy Hodgson where you know a team's going to sit in your box. You would have thought you would have come up with something to get rid of this by now. Like City always seem to manage. Um, I Again, I think this kind of break is going to have helped us, especially against City. One, we've got all our main players back. Two, they'll probably be a little bit fresher. And three, City aside, I would say that Chelsea looked the freshest team with the highest tempo out of any of the teams that I've watched. And I've watched pretty much all of the games. I would say if if you want uh, us to talk about Chelsea a bit more next week, tell them what they need to do against City on a Thursday. Lose 3-0. We'll open with them. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> we just finish on um, Everton Liverpool just quick I don't think there's too much to say on this one so all the headlines said no, that not. Liverpool's march to the title took a dent which I thought was <laughs> making a headline out of, out, of, out of nothing 10 minutes to go was really the story of the game wasn't it Calvert-Lewin flicks it to Sigurdsson who has a cross pushed out and Tom Davis hits the post and that was really that two shots 
from Everton were as close as either side came. Minamino yeah. looks like he's still going to take a bit more time. Maybe he'll be able to uh, work in the summer and it might pay off there because I'm sure there is a player there. And Anthony Gordon makes his first appearance for Everton starting up top in a Merseyside derby. So just two sides cancelled each other out, didn't they, CK? Yeah, yeah, I thought for all we had lots of possession, didn't do an awful lot with it. Um, as they kept pointing out in the broadcast, there was no real penetration other than Mane. Uh, you don't really have anyone because everyone's looking to come to feet, Firmino, Minamino, etc. So I thought I thought it was a game where both teams looked like they hadn't played in a few months, to be honest. Yeah. And you kind of got a game as a result. You could have had a freakish goal that could have changed it. But other than that, I thought it was pretty early on. I thought you're looking like you're destined for a nil-nil here. But Davis nearly and probably should have yeah. uh, finished us off, to be honest. They yeah. had the better chance, considering we had so much of the ball. They were the ones who had the clear-cut chances. Definitely. Well, I think that just about does us. We've got another like full schedule of games coming up this week. So mm. I need to talk about next week. Hopefully we have... Uh, Hopefully Arsenal lets us talk about some other teams if they could uh, <laughs> do it there. So anyway, thanks again for listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. We'll be back next week. We've got Movie Madness Wednesday, Movie Madness Friday, and then a full slate again next week. So we'll be back. Thank you. <laughs>